0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented of course by DraftKings. Classes in session with a guy that wears many hats as it relates to my life. Former opponent, former teammate, current business partner and colleague and longtime close friend. Jason Esposito, to talk about something I think is very important this time of year, and that is the practice squad in the NFL, other leagues. We'll talk with Emory Hunt about the USFL and the XFL on the College Draft Podcast sometime in early July. Why not talk to somebody that actually did both? Did NFL Europe, did practice squad, talk about what they're both like, maybe a little practice squad 101, and discuss the dichotomy between the two as well. You can check me out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. We will, I will tell you, I should say, about the winners a little bit later. Speaking of winners, by the way, hopefully you guys follow me on social media. Did you see what Steven Siraca got me? I, I'll, I'll have it next week for people that Watch the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. He got me this awesome custom-made Oxford pennant that said, oh, yeah, it is. I got to figure out where in my in my office I put that thing up. But that was awesome. Steven, you are the man, as is Jason Esposito. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, so Espo, I know you've been on the show before. And so, longtime listeners probably remember you. We've told the story. Espo went to the Catholic school, was two years younger than me. So, when I was a senior in high school, played against him in football and basketball. He was in 10th grade. Followed him after that. He went to Kutztown Division II school in Pennsylvania, where Andre Reed and John Mobley, which, by the way, Espo, for a D2 school... Andre Reed and John Mobley, and you and some others, that's pretty legit.
1: Yeah, I think – I don't know the guy's name. They have a running back on the Lions right now. He Craig in, Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've kind of lost touch uh, the last couple of years just with COVID and everything, but I think he, he's the only guy in the last few years. And Jordan Morgan was an offensive lineman that was drafted by the Bears a few years
0: ago. So Craig Reynolds, Deuce Daly loves him. I think he's going to make the team again this year. He ran a terrible 40 time, but the kid just, he runs hard and is full speed all the way through. So um, awesome. Great to have you on again. I wanted to go over this because I think it's important. And I guess, I guess the first question I would say is, what's the biggest thing that people don't realize about the practice squad? People talk about practice, go out practice I'm sure people ask you about your experience all the time. So Espo got signed by the Patriots, got cut at the end of the camp, then he got signed by the Bills, allocated to NFL Europe, and was on practice squad there 04, 0-5. Then when Malarkey got fired, he kind of got lost in the shuffle there. But what's the biggest thing about the practice squad in general or being on the practice squad that people have a misconception with or don't get so
1: the thing I always tell people it's basically like being red-shirted in college like you're a developmental guy you basically do everything that the 53-man roster guys do um it's not like a You know, there's not 11 guys on offense on the practice squad that practice against the defense, and 11 guys on defense against the offense. I think that's what most people think it is. Like they don't really understand. Like it's very difficult to make a practice squad, and and it's basically just you're the next man up. If if uh, you know a couple injuries, and you know you could be in there, just kind of pushed into the lineup that Sunday potentially.
0: You know, it's a good point. If you were on an NFL team and you didn't pay attention that closely, you legitimately would not know who's practice squad and who's active roster. Like when we were in Buffalo, Espo, I am convinced if we asked some of the DBs, they wouldn't have known that Dylan McFarland, who was the ninth O lineman they wouldn't have known that he was active roster and you were practice squad. Like there's no like, there's no like number you wear or different color Jersey or anything like that. And those guys aren't paying attention to see who's in the locker room on game day or not. I bet you some of those guys didn't know. Yeah. I agree. Totally. Especially um, with Dylan, because
1: he was 53 the first year and then he was practice squad the second year uh, for most of the year. So the running backs, the linebackers, no one knew. I mean, because there's only. I mean, really, when when you're doing scout team, you, you have a maybe two practice squad o linemen, and then the rest are are reserve backups on the fifty three. So they're just you know they're going against guys that are that are on fifty three man roster and practice every day.
0: Yeah, so I'll I'll give an example there. You know, two thousand four. Well, 2003, I ended up starting five games, the last five games. But the first 11, I was the next guy up at center and guard. You know, I dressed for every game. I was the sixth man. But during practice, I was the center on the scout team, the look team. And the guy next to me was a practice squad guy. So here I was, a guy that, you know, was the sixth guy suited up for every game end up starting the last five games, but in practice I was next to the practice squad guy and you didn't think any different. I think it was probably three of us on active roster and two on practice squad made up the 5-0 linemen on the look team. I mean, you only have 10, maybe 11 offensive linemen.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure what the rules are now. I know they've changed and Things are a little different with COVID and having guys available, but it, it really is. And it, it, I, think, I think when I – back before, it used to be just five spots on the practice squad, which is even harder.
0: Well, okay, so it was way harder because back then it was five spots. First of all, back then, there was only 80 guys on the offseason roster, not 90. So, now they could get an exemption for an NFL Europe guy. So, it ended up being like 83, maybe 84. But there wasn't 90. That's number one. Number two, there's only five guys on practice squad. So, 53 on the roster, five on practice squad. I think my last year, 07 maybe, might have been the first year there was eight guys on practice squad. Espo, now there's 16. Did you know that?
1: I, I knew it was double digits, but that's incredible. That's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: Sixteen guys, and so sixty-nine guys are getting paid every week, not including the IR guys. I mean that's a that's that's eleven more spots than you had to try to make it.
1: Certainly makes it a lot I don't want to say easier, but it's I mean it's uh yeah, I mean, it's just—it's much easier to to get on there. I mean, how many how many linemen do they? I'm, I feel like some of these teams have like five quarterbacks on their roster right now. The last couple of
0: years, because well, of COVID, yeah, because of COVID they did. Yeah, but the thing that's interesting—and I—I don't know if you have an opinion on this or not. You know, they're allowed to have four to six. I got to check four to six veterans on practice squad. That is a difference. You can have like, like JJ Watt could be on practice squad. You yeah, can have, that, yeah. you can have four to six guys where there's no, there's no, cause I, I, after my second year, I was right. no longer practice squad eligible.
1: Yeah. So the thing when, when, when we were there, there you had a two year eligibility and then that, that second year in Buffalo, when I was trying to, work had a couple workouts, they, they added a third year practice squad eligibility. So I was just dying to get anywhere. Cause I, you know, I knew I would at least make the practice squad somewhere. Um, and it, you know it's just so hard to even get signed by anybody uh, in the NFL. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's pretty interesting how all these veterans can be on the on the practice squad
0: now. That would be the thing that would bother me the most about your career. You never really got cut. Like your your contract expired, a new regime came in, and so you weren't re-signed there. You kind of didn't get a chance to go out swinging, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh,
1: I did everything I could possibly do. I, uh, I flew out to Seattle for a workout, like the first week in a training camp um, in two thousand and six. Um, even before that, I was down in Miami for a rookie mini camp. Um, I, I get, yeah, I did everything I could do to control it. It's just, I, it's disappointing that I couldn't at least get into one more training camp just to see what happened.
0: So I'm curious, as a guy that also played in NFL Europe, because this is a hot topic right now, with USFL this year, XFL next year, do you feel like you were developed on the practice squad? Or do you feel like you developed a lot more in NFL Europe? In other words, with 16 guys on practice squads now, do you think the NFL needs a second league like they have with NFL Europe to develop? Or do you think, man, 16 guys, that's a pretty good chunk. That's a pretty good bunch of guys. And if they're all on practice squad developing like I was, maybe you don't really need a second league. Or do you think you developed a lot more in NFL Europe? Or maybe not at all. So I would say I can see both
1: sides of it. Um the one thing about NFL Europe is extremely difficult. So we started camp, like training camp in Tampa in February. And then we we flew over. I went to Frankfurt. We flew over. Um, it's like the end of February, early March. I didn't get back to Buffalo until mid-June. And then, because we made the World Bowl. And then you know, six weeks later, I'm in training camp, and then made the practice squad, and I was playing football for 21 weeks straight. So that, in that that regard, it's 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 really hard to do. Um, I I do think it, also it's good for guys to get film if, with these other leagues that maybe need that to get their foot back in the door. I, I didn't have that towards the like you know, in oh 06, The NFL Europe was gone. And um, I played center mostly. Like The only thing around was like arena, but that game doesn't really translate to what I did well on the field. Um, so I, I think from a film aspect for guys to maybe get their foot back in the door, the leagues are important. But as far as development, just being with your club is like an NFL club is, is probably more important.
0: I, I think I would, I think I would agree with that. Um, you're a coach now at Berks Catholic High School in Pennsylvania. What, what did, what's your biggest takeaways from playing in the NFL that maybe you, you use as a coach? So the main thing is
1: just, and you, I always remember you, all, you would get to the, over the facility early, ice bath, read the paper, do all that stuff, like super self-motivated, I mean, it is a job, right? You have to treat it like a job. So, and I know they're just high school kids, but the most important thing that I try to tell them is, guys, I I can't make you do things like you have to have that motivation to you know want to get in the weight room, hit your sets of whatever weight. You know, um, there's only a limited amount of time you have out here, and and they have to want to do it, you know, in order for the team to ultimately be have a successful year.
0: You know. It's so funny you say that. I it's probably the same with you, especially since you're a coach. I get people to ask me all the time to talk to their kids and they say he's really got a lot of potential. He he's really talented. He just you know, he just needs someone to talk to him. He just needs, you know, some more motivation. And <clears throat> I I really rarely do it because those people don't have much of a chance. Like there, there's nothing really I can say. It, you know, I was the opposite. You know, like my parents had to tell me to get other interests to calm down. Like I, I, I was a psycho about it. You know, I'm, you know, Brady's a psycho about it. If someone has to talk to your kid to get them motivated, and I don't mean this to be harsh or cold, it's just the reality. It's it's probably not going to happen for him.
1: Yeah, it, it's totally agree. I mean, I, I, pro, I personally, I wasn't quite at your level, but I I remember, you know, I would always lift in the off, off season like Christmas break, summer, and, and our AD over at Holy Name at the time. It's like, man, does everybody does everybody work out at home like you are here? I'm say, no, probably. I, I can guarantee you they don't. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing. There's nothing I can do to make your son want to be a good football player, to make your son want to come with weights. It's it's the most frustrating part, you know, cuz you see guys at that level if they just did this two times a week during track or you know, they would be such a better athlete, such a better like person. It's just it's so frustrating cuz it's just it, I don't want to say wasted talent, but cuz they're just kids, but it's just you see that man and it it just really gets you gets you um, I get super frustrated with it.
0: So I feel like I would love to coach. And you know how often I tell you I'm jealous of you getting that opportunity on Friday night and having your group of guys. But I, I think I would have a really difficult time with that. I, I I just wouldn't understand that or be able to tolerate that. I feel like I would like want to play like kids that weren't as good but just did everything the right way.
1: Yeah, I don't know how many times I say, guys, I can't lift weights for you. I can't go out there and block. Like, it's so frustrating because I, I see these kids and to be quite – like, they have uh, – the opportunities they have as a team to be successful are far greater than what I had as a player. Um, you know, we have talented players. I, look, I – they have me as a coach. I played in the NFL. I know what it takes to be good. And it's just like you have an opportunity here. Take advantage of it. And uh, some do, some don't.
0: Really, really appreciate the time. Uh, it is 6.30 a.m. Eastern time here on Thursday. And Espo, Jason Esposito, has to get to practice right now. Love it. Thank you so much, Espo. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, thanks, Ross. I'm- and I really appreciate... From Wondery, the lead, starting five. They bring you five stories from the world of sports every weekday. Look, I think everybody realizes, if you listen to podcasts, you listen to podcasts, but in sports, the news happens fast. Last night, the lightning lost in overtime. Now you can keep tabs on your favorite players and teams or bitter rivals with a fast-paced and fun New podcast. It's just 10 minutes. That's the key. So whether it's Tom Brady unretiring, LeBron James hitting at another return to Cleveland, whatever it is, you'll hear about it on the starting five. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or ad free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. The lead starting five. Five sports headlines in 10 minutes. Hey,
2: good morning, Ross. Let's start today with some sad news out of the NFL. Former Colts and Ravens D tackle Tony Siragusa passed away at the age of 55.
0: Have not seen any details uh, about how Tony passed. It hurts. Um, It's a really, really awful day for the Ravens yesterday. If you remember, Bri, early in the morning, when we were recording with Greg Cosell, while we were recording the show, I just saw a tweet from Adam Schefter that Jalen Ferguson, you know, their fourth-year defensive end outside linebacker passed away. Then later on in the day, you find out about Tony Siragusa, full of life, uh, was actually a much better player, I think, than people remember. I mean, he, he was a really good defensive tackle. He just could move very well for how big he was uh, and was so big, so stout at the point of attack. He and Sam Adams in Baltimore were absolute difference makers on that 2000 Ravens defense. But uh, to die at 55, you know, I'm sure everybody else can relate to this, but the older I get, the younger 55 sounds. I mean, I'm, I'm 43. 55 seems way, way too young. I haven't even had a chance to read about, you know, his family, you know, children, anything like that. Um, I did see some video that I did not get a chance to watch because I was at an event yesterday for my front page story, which by the way, I actually had several people come up to me and tell me they listened to the podcast, which was awesome. I'll be at that event again today. It's the leading-age PA um, convention over at the Hershey Lodge. Um, but So I didn't get a chance to watch the video, but evidently Tony's dad passed away in his arms of a heart attack when Tony's dad was 48 years old, which is just, um, just awful. I, I, there's, there's nothing else to say other than thoughts and prayers with Tony's family. That is a very, very, very tough thing. Duck Stakes.
2: Uh, also yesterday, the House Oversight Committee to subpoena Daniel Snyder uh, after Roger Goodell speaks, and Goodell uh, was asked a question and had to respond saying that he has no authority to remove Snyder as an owner.
0: So you have to think at this point that the other owners are pretty fed up with Daniel Snyder and the negative attention, negative publicity on the NFL. However, I guess I would submit to you an alternative theory. Doesn't Daniel Snyder kind of make all the other owners look good on some level? Yeah, I don't think I've heard anybody ever say this. First of all, the team is hardly ever good. So, if you are the owner of the Giants, the Eagles, the Cowboys, do you want a new owner in Washington that might be able to turn that franchise around? Or do you kind of like that the franchise in Washington is dysfunctional and not usually very good? I don't I mean I can't answer that. I I'm just submitting this to you. And then if you're one of the other owners, who can get criticized by your fan base? For whatever reason, every owner does. Is it nice to have an example of someone that you're much, much better than? I don't know. Like, I I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I guess my question is, other than some negative publicity, although we know, like, how Jerry Jones feels, which is that any publicity good publicity – Is it really that bad? Is it really that bad for the league in general or the other owners if the Washington franchise looks like a train wreck and people criticize Daniel Snyder all the time in the Washington franchise? I I don't know. I don't don't really see how it's that bad for the other owners. That's the thing. And I think the other owners don't really want to set the precedent of getting rid of an owner. Because what if they want to try to get rid of them some point? And Snyder, I mean, uh, Goodell's right. <clears throat> he doesn't have the authority. It needs to be a vote of 24 of the 32 NFL owners. That's a lot, man. Three quarters of those guys? That's a lot. And I would say probably unlikely. Just like I think it's unlikely that Daniel Snyder will actually testify in front of the House Oversight Committee. I think his lawyers will fight the subpoena for years if they have to because that's what people like him do. Ducks Takes.
2: The New England Patriots are bringing back their throwback uniforms for a game
0: this season. Awesome. Awesome. It's funny. damasek wasn't on uh, that long ago, and he said he thinks they should have gone back to the, the Pat Patriot right after Brady left as a good way to sort of turn the page and leave those uniforms back with the Brady era, which I agree with. I'd love to see Mac Jones go back to those eighties Patriots uniforms and move on from the uniforms the Patriots have worn you know in the last twenty five years or whatever. I think that'd be fantastic. I love it. I I'm a throwback guy in general. Um I like throwbacks for the most part. I like color rush. I kind of like a changeup every once in a while. There's a lot of games. I like having a change-up. Ducks takes.
2: And finally, Rams all-pro cornerback Jalen Ramsey, shoulder surgery.
0: So anytime a guy has shoulder surgery this time of year, I know what you're thinking. Why now? What is he waiting for? I don't get it. And what I would tell you is he probably was hoping to avoid it. Probably was hoping that it would get better and that with rehab, he'd get to the point where he didn't have to have it operate on. And maybe he identified in the spring that that just wasn't going to be realistic. That wasn't going to happen. And he needed to get it fixed, which is what he did. Speaking of what people do, what I do, I go to the Express. Now, I do it online because it's so easy to get their statement shirts in bright colors. I'll be wearing one of those this weekend, by the way. I definitely will be wearing their bathing suit Saturday. One of the bathing suits from Express. Their polos. Look, everybody needs to refresh your clothing in the summer. Right? You look back and you're like, "Yeah, I don't love what I have. The Express is all over it, man. They even have those lightweight linen, breathable cotton fabrics for suits. They've got all kinds of different colorful denim, which is awesome. Find something for every destination at Express online or in store. Let's do an email, Brian.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask
0: Ross. So, by the way, I realized I totally forgot to pick winners this week. So, I got, I got a lot going this week. So does Brian. So, we'll pick winners over the weekend, and we'll give you the winners on Monday. Looking forward to that very much. Uh, email address is Ross at Ross dot com. So you still have a chance to be the YouTube subscriber winner, the sponsor confirmation email winner and the spread the word winner. What do you got, Brian?
2: We all know the Pro Bowl is a terrible game. And with the talk of changes like a 7 v 7 flag game or even a skills competition, let's talk about location of the game. The Pro Bowl game or whatever it is should be played in a city that is nearest the Super Bowl Without an NFL team, for example, let's have the Super Bowl in Phoenix. Well, then we'll put the Pro Bowl in Tucson. Your thoughts. That's from Chris Greger.
0: I think that's a cool idea, Chris. I like that. You know, I I guess I wonder if some of these second cities have everything that they need um, to be able to put on a game like that. But I I think that's a pretty good idea which is like it's close enough that people can go right from the Pro Bowl to the Super Bowl if they're working both. Or like The Pro Bowl players, a lot of times they go to the Super Bowl for Radio Row, Media Day. I think it's a good idea to have them out there near where they're going to be, but not right there so that another city in the area gets a little bit of the shine. Not a bad thought at all, Chris. I like it. Keep the emails coming. Ross at com, And let's get some new patrons. Patreon.com slash RT Media, like Pizza Boy Brewing, likely be there Tuesday uh, evening, Sporticulture, HumanHeadNYC.com, sports.com Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics. As a reminder, it's not just the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, before we get to the new episode Monday morning, you can listen to Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports, the College Draft, even Money, Fantasy Feast, they are all football shows that I'm on, with the exception of business sports that you will enjoy. I think we're done here. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening to
1: the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.